Hello, Ed Choice's Director of State Research and Policy Analysis, Drew Cat here. We're back with a new Ed Choice chat. In this episode, we are discussing our latest Ed Choice report, Renewing Our Cities, a case study on school choice's role in urban renewal. Urban economic development often focuses on bringing jobs and affordable housing to downtown areas, but there has been very little focus on how public charter schools and private school choice programs might help revitalize communities. In their new report, Professors Bart Danielson, David Harrison, and Jing Zhao examined relocation decisions made by families whose children are enrolled in a successful, arts-intensive urban public charter school in the formerly blighted downtown area of Santa Ana, California. I sat down with lead author Dr. Bart Danielson to discuss what inspired this research, what people can learn, and what policymakers can take away. Thanks for joining me today, Bart. So what would you say inspired this research? Well, the the initial uh, inspiration came from the fact that I used to live in the Chicago area. I was a professor at DePaul University, and um, uh, I... Uh, DePaul is in downtown Chicago, but I actually lived in a suburb, uh, Naperville, Illinois, and I liked where I lived and I liked where I worked, but they just weren't close enough together. Uh, I was making a very long commute, and um, and I observed that uh, tens of thousands of other people were doing exactly the same thing, and uh, we would have moved into Chicago if there had been school options there that had been suitable, but there really just weren't. Uh, the Chicago public schools are, uh, are are not very good, and they there just weren't good options there. Um, and and so at a later time, I just began to think about how this was really impacting a lot of people, and and began to think about how school choice options in Chicago might have changed the decisions that we ended up making as a family. Uh, and so that really started us down the path of thinking about um, how. Uh, a charter school in the urban core, uh, attractive charter school, a successful one, uh, might impact where people actually choose to live, which has enormous repercussions for the entire metropolitan area. Um, so that was that was sort of the uh, the genesis of it, and uh, and we did a, a pilot project. Uh, looking at a charter school in a suburban area and found that it was incredibly attractive to the families that enrolled. And uh, and the next step, of course, was to identify a, a successful urban charter school and uh, and examine what its impact might be. Could you actually expect to revitalize an urban area uh, if you brought choices uh, to uh, into those areas? Um, and, and that's how I got in touch with the Orange County School of the Arts in Santa Ana, California. Turns out the founder of that school uh, went to high school with me uh, a continent away, um, but, uh, but, but I knew about his school and I uh, contacted him, and, and they were quite helpful in providing some data. Wow, it's fascinating how small the world really is. Yes, it is. Yeah. And so what did you find in your research? Well. I guess to start with, it's important to understand what the school, the Orange County School of the Arts is. And 
it was initially a, a school in Los Alamitos, California, um, and uh, and it was reasonably successful there. Uh, but the Los Alamitos uh, school district really was not interested in keeping it there. Their their traditional public school system was very healthy there, and uh, and the school of the arts just didn't fit in with the way Los Alamitos viewed its public schools. And um, and so uh, a nearby town, Santa Ana, California, the mayor was looking at the situation and said, and contacted Ralph and said, yeah, I don't know why they don't want you. They, they say you're creating traffic problems. Uh, you could roll a bowling ball down Main Street here in, in Santa Ana. And if you're willing to move here, we'd, we'd like to have you move here. So the, the school actually, at that point, became a charter school and moved to Santa Ana, California, into an area that was really blighted. And uh, that's why that was available and why the mayor was interested in bringing the school there. Um, mm-hmm. So what we were able to do is get data on all of the students who enrolled from 2000 until, uh, until very recently and uh, and obtain in there from the basically from the permanent record uh, a a uh, list of their mailing addresses over time, so we could observe when students came to the school and when they left, and while they were there, where they actually lived, and then we essentially tracked the movements of these families. And what we discovered was. Um, the school is a is a very powerful attractor. Families, when they move, actually move in a, in order to get closer to the school. And when they um, when they uh, move away, the ones who live close tend not to move at all. But the the ones who did move, when they moved away, they didn't move very far. So uh, the the people who lived close, uh, uh, moved toward the school, actually moved five times as far as the students who moved away from the school. So there's a clear desire to be closer to that school. Um, And over time, the area around that school has really transformed. Uh, It it has really rejuvenated. Um, The property next to the school uh, is now under construction uh, with the, what will be the tallest building in all of Orange County, California. This is an area that was blighted. Um, uh, on the other side uh, of the school, uh, there's a commercial property that, uh, that they've now requested zoning for uh, 150 uh, new apartments. Um, so it, it is it, the crime rate was pretty high downtown and and. Uh, Santa Ana has, uh, for four years running, 2011 to 14, I think, uh, was chosen by Forbes magazine as the fourth safest city in the country. And uh, and this was an area that, uh, at the time of the, that the school moved in, um, the real concern was, because it's a school of the arts, there are more girls that actually attended the boys, the concern was that no one would send their teenage daughters into downtown Santa Ana. And, uh, and they were able to overcome that problem, and it's worked remarkably well. Oh, that's fascinating. So, Bart, can we extrapolate any of these findings for other school types beyond schools for the arts? 
uh, you know, there, there. I think the answer to that is is uh, probably, it's prob- almost certainly true that that uh, there are schools that would have at least as strong and maybe stronger attractions. Um, OSHA, that's the school, Orange County School of the Arts. OSHA has some characteristics that actually work against the drawing families closer. For example, uh, many schools, many charter schools, give preference to siblings. So if you get the oldest child into the school, then younger children are automatically put at the front of the queue. OSHA doesn't do that. Um, you have to try out, and, and there's no preference for siblings. Um, and uh, so if, just because your oldest child gets in doesn't mean your younger child will. And, and a lot of people aren't going to move closer to the school until they understand, until that risk disappears, until they figure out where all their children are going to be. If, if siblings get preference and you know, well, we're going to have a, a long relationship with this school with all of our children, that might cause you to be more likely to move closer. Likewise, OSHA is a K through is is only a seventh through twelfth grade school. Um, a K through twelfth grade school is likely to be more attractive just because you can project a longer relationship with the school, and therefore getting close to the school has a bigger payoff over time. On the other hand, OSHA's got some characteristics that are very attractive. Um, uh, it uh, uh, most. Charter schools aren't really designed by the, the founders to make things better outside the school. Having said that, from a real estate developer's perspective, or from someone who's concerned about economic development, they uh, should probably want to promote the kinds of education options that promise to improve the neighborhood, the community. Uh, after all, the average person only spends about 3% of their life in, in the school building. They spend 97% of their lives outside the school. It's nice when schools can can help make that 97% more attractive. But most school administrators aren't thinking about that. The outside the school is someone else's job. Yeah. So, Bart, what other research do you think could be done following this report? Is there a way to do more than just a case study? It's possible that... that, uh, more research needs to be done on uh, vouchers. We know that vouchers increase property values and uh, in the areas where the vouchers are, are offered. But some children don't go to the what would appear to be the best school as measured by state test scores. Um, so it's not clear that what parents are valuing is necessarily the same thing as what uh, a state bureaucrat values. Um, a project that I'm interested in doing is looking at how the, whether or not the increase in property values related to access to a voucher, how much of that is related to children going to better schools as measured by, by bureaucrats, and how much of it truly had a better fit. Um, I, my background is in finance and, and finance, we know that options have value. Even if you don't use the option, uh, having an option has value. So it may be that that a lot of the value in a voucher isn't about getting what bureaucrats consider to be a better education, but getting a better fit for the students. Yeah, and I'm personally a strong believer in finding that 
best fit for every child. But how can policymakers use these findings? And is there anything that they can take away and use right now? Well, I think in a, in a general sense, historically, there have been two parallel local governments. Uh, the mayor and the city council or maybe the county commission handle most governmental function, and they're responsible for economic development. A separate government, the school board, oversees local public schools. If you ask people in the economic development world what's the most important factor in attracting jobs and economic growth, they're likely to tell you it's the schools, school quality. But the mayor and the city council, even though they're in charge of development, they couldn't touch that school lever because a different branch of government, the school board, is in control of that. Or at least they couldn't until relatively recently. But with this new array of of school choice options, they have a new economic development lever that's available to them. Most local governments haven't started to touch that lever. Some are afraid to touch it, but some are going to decide that they have to touch it. The mayor of Santa Ana grabbed that lever and he really jerked it hard. He did something bold and courageous, and it was risky. No one knew if the school would succeed in downtown Santa Ana. It's an art school. And the big concern was people won't send their daughters, their teenage daughters, into downtown Santa Ana. Uh, but it ended up working, and it probably worked better than, than anybody there imagined that it would. Um, so I, it seems to me that one of the big takeaways is that in an economic development world, it's not the school board alone who controls that lever. If things aren't working, uh, in in an area, if things aren't working, the other branches of government now have a tool that they can use. Wow, and I never really thought of it in those terms before. That's fascinating. So, Bart, what's next for you? Well, in the short run, this summer, I'm going to spend a few weeks on the Appalachian Trail with the sun. Um, but uh, but in, in terms of my research interests, um, and this is, I guess, somewhat related, I want to turn my attention to how school choice impacts the environment. Um, many parents have long commutes to work because they have to live in suburbs where the schools are better. They make the sacrifice for their, for their children. It's probably a biological imperative that we make sacrifices for the well-being of our children. But if, if parents could find schools that were acceptable near where they worked, the entire family would be better off. Instead of spending time commuting, dad could be spending time throwing a softball with his 10-year-old daughter. But, but shortening up those commutes would also be environmentally very beneficial. In fact, sprawl and traffic congestion that's created by families trying to find this balance between um, where parents are working and where children have the best opportunity for schools, that balance is uh, the cost of that balance is really enormous uh, from an environmental perspective. It might be the biggest and most controllable environmental issue in most urban areas today, but nobody thinks about it this way. It seems to me that this is an issue that's certainly big enough to be worth exploring, and so. I think I will. And there you have it. To learn more about this research or to download the full report, 
visit www.edchoice.org slash renewingourcities. For all of us at EdChoice, I'm Drew Catt. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.